And the church said? Amen. Amen. For worthy is his name. We have a little lion up here with a lamb, and I have to move this thing because I know exactly what's going to happen, and I don't want to look that bad when it happens. Stay right there. I'll be right with you. All right. God is good. Amen? Amen. And all the time. Very good. Good to see you again. Some of you, two weeks in a row. Awesome. It is good, though. God is good. You know, um, what a great day uh, for the family, for the whole family. Amen? Amen. It's just exciting to see young people give their life to the Lord. Uh, You know, I would like to just do a service one time, just like this right here. If you've never been baptized, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'd like to just get up and in, in, and that invitation's to you today. You need to do that. I know that you believe in God, but He calls us to believe in Jesus, the one that went to the cross, the one that died for us, the one that went to the grave, and the one that took all of our sins away. He wants you to have faith and hope in Him. Amen? And then He wants you to experience a new birth, just like we... Uh, saw Trace do today, if you've never been baptized, I would just ask you, anytime, I want to tell you this, you, you will not disrupt me, okay? Anytime, God lays that on your heart, you just come forward. We have changing garments, we have plenty of tiles, the water's warm, just takes a couple of minutes. We'll just say, hey, we're going to take a time out here, we're going to sing some more songs of praises, and then we'll rejoice with you as well. So if you feel that way today, even this moment, right now, don't be embarrassed. Be excited. Excited about what God has put on your heart, just as it has Trace. It's time. It was time for him. Well, let me tell you, my friend, it's time for you as well. I cannot encourage you enough to do that. For all the ones that have been baptized just recently, I think six or seven, just in the last month or so, and we're so excited. Don't let this month pass. Don't let this day pass without you doing that. It's so important for you, so important. Eternity's at stake. Always be reminded of that. Whatever it is that you want to do, that's a good time. Is this the case here? Is this the date? Go ahead. Alexis, this is David and uh, Sandy's um, granddaughter. You know, you may think, well, that's kind of strange. It is not strange. This is the power of God and I could not be more excited. You're going to have to sing some songs for us. We're going to take care of business, okay? You go right this way. God bless you all. But amen. amen. I told you, show up. Something might happen. And here's the deal. If not, Listen, it only takes me a minute to change. Watch this. If you're thinking about that, don't, don't hesitate. Be the one. Remember when the, the roof was opened up, Jesus was talking to the people, and the roof was opened up, and everybody was looking up at the roof? Jesus wasn't interrupted. We shouldn't be interrupted by people accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. We should celebrate. Let it be done in this place today. God bless you. If you need to, let us know. We'll take care of it. I promise. Alexis Marie Denham. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins on his cross? Do you believe he rose up in three days? I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
once again, the church says, Amen. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful day already? I'm telling you, David just was telling me back there were tears in his eyes. This is his granddaughter, of course, and he was, um, I didn't expect this. I wasn't expecting this. Those are the best kind because God moves in a powerful way. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. I went to my office after uh, Trace's baptism, and I said, I just felt that so strongly. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I want to talk to you about encouragement just for a little bit. We'll kind of move through this, um, but I want to talk to you about encouragement. You may think, well, he talked about that a few weeks ago, and, and I did, but if you weren't here, you don't know, so it's okay. But I would say that we all need more encouragement. So you can really never preach about that enough. And certainly things will be moved through this that will hopefully encourage you as well. So to set the stage, I want to just say, first of all, that there's a story told about a famous 19th century artist. He was a great artist. Once was approached by this elderly man. And in that, he told um, uh, the old fellow asked uh, for this great artist to be able to look at some sketches and drawings. He wanted the artist to take a look and see what he thought, if there was any talent there, if there was any good in any of those, the least bit of talent that might be shown, potential. The famous artist took those drawings and began to search through them diligently, but after just a few moments, he, he knew that there were, they were really worthless, um, showing little or no potential whatsoever. But he was a kind man, and he didn't want to hurt the old man's feelings, and but he wanted to be honest with him, and he just told him, I'm sorry, but they're really not very good. Well, the old gentleman, the visitor, was disappointed, of course, but he seemed to expect what he had received from the man. He then apologized to the man for taking so much of his time, and he simply said, could you give me just a few more moments? I would like for you to look at these last few drawings from a young art student. Would you mind looking at them? He said, sure, I'll be glad to do that. And the famous artist looked over them, and just within a matter of seconds, he was just enthralled by just the, the beauty of them and the, the talent that was there. He said, oh, these, these are the good ones. These are the ones now. Whoever has done this has great talent already. They have, and they should be given every opportunity and be encouraged on every front to use his talents forward in this artistic ability that he's been given. He has a great future. If he'll just work with it and stick with it, he'll be great. The artist noticed that the old gentleman fellow was deeply moved. So he asked him, who is this? Who is this fine young artist here? He asked, is it your son, perhaps? Perhaps your son? No, the old man said. It's me. Forty years ago. If only I had heard your praise then. For I became discouraged and I gave up way too soon. I think often in our lives we do that as well. We might look back on something that we may have missed. But the truth is there's a lot of discouragement in our world today. There's a lot that's out there and it doesn't, it's not just the politics of the world, it's within our own little world, isn't it? For instance, let me share this truth with you about people that come to church. People that come to church, many come with a smile on their face, but inside they're broken. You might be that one today that you feel that way. You're broken inside. 
People come with this victory look on the outside, but defeated in their heart and their spirit. Many come with a surface of joy in their life or on their face. Outwardly, you might think they're happy, but if you could only see the inside. If they could only look within the depth of your spirit, the battles that you are facing, the battles that you are going through, the broken heart that you have, the shattered dreams that you've seen fade away time and time again, the sleepless nights that you've experienced over the pain that you carry, they would be shocked if you were to stand up and say, that describes me because you carry it so well. On the outside, you look like you're just fine, but on the inside, you're broken. I promise you there is someone here today, and perhaps it's on a pew that you're sitting, and perhaps it's the place that you're sitting, is that person that feels like that. For every time I speak, I understand that the fact is, anywhere I go, that this takes place. How do I know that? I know that because we are humans. And as humans, we all go through brokenness. We all go through hurt. We all go through pain. We all go through struggles. We all go through things in life that we wish we never had to go through, but yet we go through them. If it's not you today, perhaps it was last week or last month. If it's not you today, perhaps it might be you in a week or a month or a year from now. But I promise you, it's the same. Just because we come to a nice building with nice clothes on, with a smile on our face perhaps, doesn't mean we're not hit by the reality of the world and life in which hits us hard. It hits us. We all know that. Every single one of us. I'm aware of that, that people need answers. I'm aware that when I stand before you each week and I try to proclaim the, the Word of God, that you need answers, that you want answers in life. People who have this heart that is broken, once again... Each week we put out a prayer list that you submit. The elders asked you at the end of the service, if you have a prayer request, would you please write that down on one of those cards in front of you. And, and many do that. Many of you do that. And, and, but for everyone that writes that card out, perhaps there's 10 that never is mentioned. But you know who they are, don't you? Even as we speak, often uh, a few weeks of the month, we, uh, we have groups that meet together uh, that pray over the service. In fact, while we're speaking this morning, there's some down the hall that are praying over this service. They may not even know what has taken place and how God's moved in the life of the two individuals that came today to give their life to Jesus Christ. And little do we know the prayer that they prayed may have been the, the, the mission of the Spirit to move in their hearts. It's pretty amazing. The elders and I, we, we meet together twice a month it's an open thing, and if you need to come and visit with us, we have an open-door policy, and we'd love to visit with you. Just let us know. We'll put you on the agenda. We'd love to talk with you and pray over you. But I will tell you, each time we meet, we take a list, that list, and, and it's usually a full page typed out with names on it. We take time. You need to know. We take time to go around that room holding hands because we love each other, but we hold hands and we pray over every single individual, every single prayer request that's submitted, every single one. We take turns and do that. We do that because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that we have a God that hears us and moves among us in powerful, powerful ways. So I want to encourage you today. A little bit more, 
I want to encourage you. One of our missions when we come to this place is to encourage, to get people to turn their eyes away from their struggles and hurts and pains and turn it to something that's much better, which is Jesus Christ. Give me an amen. And to get us to get our eyes focused back on Jesus according to Hebrews chapter 12 and where it says he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. That we, if we keep our eyes fixed on him, he will be there with us through our problems, all 15,975,642 and still counting. He knows them all. And he is a God to be praised. He mends the brokenhearted. He mends people that are broken and crushed in spirit. He says, follow me and I will make you. I will make you what you ought to be. That's important. To make you what you ought to be. God wants to pull you in to make you what he knows that he created you for. What it is in your life that God has for your life. Jesus says to all the hurting, all the suffering, all the pain that might go on, you may not be there today and you may say, well, I wanted this message today or that, but somebody needed this today. Somebody needed to hear that Jesus is there for you. And Jesus is saying, follow me. And if you follow me, what I'm going to do for you first and foremost, if you follow me, I'm going to give you something that's everlasting. I'm going to give you everlasting life. Isn't that awesome of our God that he gives us the greatest reward up front? He gives us the greatest reward up front. Who else does that? You give your life to me, I give you your reward up front. It's called salvation, eternal life with Jesus. No one can snatch you out of my hand. You're mine. You're bought with a price. You've been adopted into the family of God. And he tells us over and over again that we're his and we are his. Give him an amen. Isn't that good news? And then he says, after that happens, no, your struggles don't all go away. No, you don't have, all your pain goes away and all your problems are fixed instantly. No, it's not the case. But what he says, no matter what hand that you're dealt in life, and some of you have been dealt a pretty sorry hand, haven't you? You ever play cards and get a bad hand and you're just like, man, I'm just waiting till the next one. You can't do that in life. Some try it, but it doesn't work. Jesus says, if you give me your life, I can take the hand that you're dealt and I can show you what I can do with it and I can do some pretty awesome things. By the way, have you read this story lately? By the way, did you know that I'm the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore? Give me an amen. God is an awesome God. Now, we say we believe that and all of those things, but God wants to make you not what you think you should be, but what he wants you to be. I wrote this in just this morning as one there. You, you are not what your sin tells you you are. Do you know what your sin will tell you you are? Christian, listen to me. Do you know what your sin's going to tell you at the end of the day? That you're not worth it. You failed again. Why bother? Why try? You are not what your sin says you are. You are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And with that redemption, yes, forgiveness is still available for all. At the end of the day, you can look back, and if it's burning in your spirit of something you said or did or looked at or whatever the case was, you have a God that says, I will forgive you if you just ask, if you just give it to me. We have an awesome God. Give me another amen. 
I need a bunch of those today in the book of John, but what, or book of Luke, I should say. Here's the struggle we have with that. We offer excuses. Now, this one's an interesting story here. These are excuses. They've happened from the very beginning, and people offer excuses. Here's one, and basically in this one, and you know the story that takes place. One comes to Jesus and simply says, oh, I'll follow you, but let me go home and bury my father. Sounds like a simple request, doesn't it? It's almost identical to the second one that comes along and says, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go, but let me first go home and tell my family goodbye. What is God saying there? What is Jesus saying in all of that? He's saying, family, family first or me first? Listen to me. I know this is hard for some people. You say, my family comes first. Listen to me. You're doing your family an injustice if you're putting your family above God. Because God is the only thing in eternal in your life. And if you put God first, your family will be put at the level that God wants them to be. And they'll be blessed because eternity will be offered to them as well as it is you. So that when this life is over, you'll all be together forevermore. Give me an amen. It's important to understand that. He's saying basically here is if you want to get real with me, get real. Don't play games. Don't give me another excuse that this is going to come up because something else will always come up in your life. Now, many people say that they, you don't really understand me, Arlie. You know, it just doesn't work that way with me. Sure, I, he can do it for other people, but he can't do it for me. Are you here to tell me today that he can't do for you what he just did for these two young people today? I want to tell you you're absolutely wrong. God is a powerful God that moves through circumstances and situations. He can't do it for me, some would say. He may do it for them, but with me, no way. You remember the Michelangelo story, just a short version of it. He's chipping away at a rock. Remember the story? He's chipping away at a rock, and someone comes along. What are you doing? And what did he say? Something to the effect of, there's an angel in this rock. I'm just letting it out. And that's what God wants for your life. We can make a mess of our lives. It's called sin. We all sin, fall short of the glory of God. But God wants to reach in there, chisel away, chip away, and get what's in us out of us so that we can glorify Him with what He's put in us. Don't let the good in you that God knows is there be defeated any longer. Don't let it be the case. Don't let it be the case. Now, God may not see an angel in everybody. I understand that. Some of us are a little rough around the corners or the edges. But I can tell you exactly what God wants in seizing you. What God sees in you is me and you being his sons and his daughters that we're productive in his kingdom. I promise you. That's how he sees us. You may think, I can't be productive in his kingdom, but that's exactly and precisely what God's called us to be in his kingdom. He's called us to bear fruit. He's called us to be the light of the world. And when in Christ Jesus, all these things can come out of me, and now my life changes not because of me, but because of what he's chipped out of me, which when I receive him, I have the Spirit of God in me. Give me an amen. I read something this past week someone sent to me. I'm not sure if they sent it to Donna first, but nonetheless, I read this, and it was something that really struck a chord. It may have been Gaylen that sent it to Donna. I'm not sure, but it said something like this, so I wrote it down. When you wallow in the past or worry about the future, your awareness of me, Christ, grows dim. Some of you, that's exactly where you're at. 
Christ is dim, and it's only because you're trying to live in the past of your hurts, your pains, your mistakes, your failures, whatever it is, and Christ becomes dimmer. But all the while, he went on to say, whoever wrote this says, but when you trust me, truly trust me, the more fully you can live in the present because you are in my presence. You see, my friend, it's what God sees in you that counts, not all the other stuff. When people saw David, for instance, they saw a little insignificant shepherd boy. His own family said, he can't be the one. Surely not. Not him. What did God see? God saw something in him that was special. He saw a little boy that prayed, a little boy that had given his life to God, a little boy that believed in God, a little boy that said he was a man after God's own heart. Oh, he saw all the ugly that we saw in a video a few weeks ago of one of the speaker, speakers at Pepperdine that we watched. He saw all the ugly. He saw all the bad. He saw all those things as well. But what he saw and what he is always after is your heart. He's always going for your heart. Because he knows that we are humans and we fail and we hurt. We look at things, we say things, we do things, we break other people's hearts, we worry, we stress, we argue, we cuss, we do those things in life. It happens because we're humans. But God says, I'm looking at your heart. And if your heart's right, you'll do as David did. And David always came back, always came back to repentance. What a beautiful thing. I used to struggle when I was a little boy growing up, a young, young boy growing up. People making fun of me because of my reading skills. And um, people calling me short. I used to struggle with that. I would normally either laugh it off or poke them in the nose. But to tell you the truth... Sometimes when I laid in bed at night, it bothered me, and it did a whole lot of damage. Maybe somebody here can relate with that. My mother was the strongest Christian I've ever known in my entire life. My mother used to tell me, son, don't let anyone look down on you because of those things. You just remember, you remember, God sees you as one of his mighty warriors. I'm so glad that she told me that and she gave me that encouragement at just the right time in my life. When I was in junior high, I think it was around junior high, so it's probably, Trace is about, probably about your age. She bought a picture and she, hang, she hung it in my room. It's about a 16 by 20 picture. This is the picture there. I've showed this picture to you before. To you, it just may seem like a picture, but to me, you couldn't buy this picture for $5,000. Not even 10. Now, maybe 11, we might talk, but no, I'm just kidding. This picture means so much to me. You may see it just as a young man and, you know, steering a you know, ship and, and then Jesus in the background or a picture that seems to be Jesus. I will tell you, when I was this little boy that had those struggles and this hung above my bed all my junior high years, all my high school years, this is probably the last thing that I saw every night when I turned my light off, is this picture. 
In fact, I would sometimes take my flashlight next to the bed because I'm a scaredy cat, and I would take my flashlight and I would take that picture down from the wall and I would hold it. I would hold it this close and I would stare at that picture and I would look at I could tell you every curl in the waves that you may not even notice in the picture. And when I looked at that, I would just stare at it and I would think, what is this about? Why is this one capturing me so? One day I noticed who the guy was. I noticed it was me. And when I noticed that was me, I noticed something else. I noticed basically three things. First, Jesus was with me in the storm. I noticed in this that I didn't need to be afraid of the storms anymore. And I also noticed that he was guiding me through that storm and believed with all of my heart that he would guide me through the storms to come in my life. And that's why that picture still hangs in our bedroom today. God is with us. God is for us. For if he is with us and for us, who can be against us? Somebody that says you can't read well? Somebody that says you're too short to be on the team? Someone that says you're not good enough at this, you're not good enough at that? Someone that says that you've failed in a marriage or even two or even five? Not Jesus. You need to know that whatever you are going through, Jesus is with you. And look at this 2 Corinthians. I love this verse. This is a verse that you need to capture if you've dealt with it or will deal with it or know somebody that's dealing with it. Listen to what it says as children of God. Praise to the God of our, our all comfort. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles. He didn't say a few of them every now and then. He might show up if he's not busy on the other side of the planet somewhere. No, in all of our troubles, he's compassionate and he's the comforter. Give me a praise, amen? amen. Isn't that good? To know that. And then he says, now what I want you to do, because when you figure it out, when you're laying in your bed and you're looking at this picture and it hits you and you say, now I understand it. Now I know God is with me. Now I know that I can go through this storm. Now I know who is with me through the storm. And when you figure that out, guess what he tells you? Now go out and tell somebody else. And that's why I want to tell you today, everybody needs a little bit more encouragement. He's with us. All the way. You don't have to be afraid. Psalms 118, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. He will get you through. Psalms 139, I love this one. Donna gave it to me years ago, posted it. We have it, I think, in one of our rooms there at the house as well. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And it goes on down to say, everywhere I go, you are there. I've said it before, but let me say it again. When you get there, God said, what took you so long? When the world saw the disciples, they saw nothing. They just saw some guys out in a boat fishing, throwing nets off to the side, catching some, selling some. Oh, the same old business. Stinky fishermen. That's what they saw. They saw a tax collector that nobody in town liked. But Jesus saw something different. 
He saw men that could turn the world right side up with the gospel. He could change the world with people that people thought couldn't do anything. Don't worry about what you are. Follow me, he's saying. Put your life in my hands and I will guide you through those things. I will give you the power to make you what you ought to be. Let me encourage you a little bit more. Almost finished. Jesus can use, if, this is a big word here, because Jesus does. But if he can use smelly fishermen and a despised tax collector and a short, dyslexic boy from Kentucky to be a preacher, I assure you that he can use you in his kingdom. I promise you that is the case. Don't let your past mistakes, your hurts, your pains, the things, your failures that you've gone through in life, don't let them hold you back to the ride of a lifetime that God wants to take you on. Paul in the New Testament, you know his story well. Paul was one of these guys who's on that white horse, and I mean he was riding it to the top. If we were to look at him, we would say he was very successful. He was always prominent and all those things. And he even, he even was giving orders to have Christians killed. thought he was doing the right thing. If God can reach in and use a man like that and pull him out and allow him to write two-thirds of the New Testament, I'm pretty sure that he can use you. You may think God can never do anything with me. Some people I've heard say the church is for good people that do all the right things. (laughs) Boy, I hate to tell you, but I need to tell you. We try to do good, and we try to be right. Give me an amen. But I think we all fail and fall short of the glory of God because I believe God over you. We fail. We're humans. All of us. But what we are as a church, when we come to this place, we're trying our best to allow others to know that what God has done for us, even in the midst of our sin, He's done it for them as well. And that we come together and we praise God and we try to encourage each other because we know when you leave this place, whether you're young or old, your weeks are tough. Life is not easy. There's always a segment that seems to go wrong. Always one of those etch-a-sketch moments that you would just love to erase. But God says, I'll be there for you. We believe that as believers. And that's why we come and that's why we encourage each other. On our journey, we have all had hurts and pains, ups and downs. We have all seen divorces, cancers. We have seen death come way too early. Anorexic, bulimia, lost careers, bankruptcies, victories, and defeats of all shapes, sizes, and colors, and everything else. But when we come together, we still have one thing in common. We have that one thing in common, and that is Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is still the Lord of our lives. Jesus is still the one that was raised from the dead and Jesus is the one sitting at the right hand of the Father 
And Jesus is the one that's saying, if you trust me, I'll be with you. I'll guide you. And I'll never forsake you your entire life. So our encouragement to you is this. It will always be this. If you're in trouble, seek Jesus. If you're in trouble, seek Jesus. Just surrender to Him. As you've seen what's happened today, just surrender to Him. Just give up and allow Him, allow Him to be the Lord of your life. For He wants to bless your life. He wants to love on you. Because He is saying, I've got the power to make you. I have got the power to mend your broken heart. I have got the power to give you new life. Just think, if you came here today lost, I don't know who said this first, but I like it. If you came in church today lost, you can leave saved. From hell bound to heaven sanctified. Isn't that awesome? It is. One last little bit of encouragement, and that is God is for you. God is for you. That Jesus is your friend, Scripture says. He wants to save you, he says. He wants to deliver you out of the pain, the hurt, the sorrow, the broken heart that you have. He wants to make you what you ought to be. The question is, will you let him? If you have a prayer request or a concern, give your life to Jesus. Whatever it is, right now we're going to sing a song just for you. You come.